0: Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning shop now in store or online Kroger fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music, singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering
1: together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual The King of Sports Podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Jerry Ferrara and Olivia Harlan Decker.
0: Okay, the name of the game is parody. The unpredictable NFL season continues. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, two future Hall of Famers. Yeah, they lose to a couple XFL alum backup quarterbacks, really a fourth string quarterback for Carolina. So who had that in their parlay? That is wild. Jerry Ferrara, I'm going to take it that wasn't uh, on your teasers, was it?
2: No, I fortunately stayed away from the Bucks in the teaser because they destroyed mine the week before. I did have the Packers in a teaser, but Different than Peter Andrew, who had them at plus one and a half. I waited and bought the extra point to make the Packers plus three, and they lost by two. So my teaser held up by the, but I had to like buy the (laughs) insurance points almost to make Aaron Rodgers and the Packers hit a
0: teaser. That's so sad. I know they've been favorites in their last three games. They've dropped all three. We'll get to more of that later. Unfortunately, we got to give that a little airtime. But uh, hey, we got a World Series set. Houston Astros, Philadelphia, Phillies. That begins Friday. Jerry, I know you've got some thoughts on that. What, What comes to mind right away?
2: This is ex- the exact two teams that should be there. My Yankees lost the Astros, justifiably so. The Astros are so much better than the Yankees, and the Phillies are that awesome baseball story about the team that gets hot at the right time. Bryce Harper, happy for him, you know. I and I, I just think it's a great, great matchup. And I honestly would, I want the Yankees to be there to watch, but this to me is going to be better baseball.
0: Yeah, okay, I'm with it. I'm for you. I, I was thinking when I was watching that uh, Padres. Billy's last game, and it's rainy, it's cold, everyone's there in jackets. And it did look like a really fun atmosphere, but I'm like, you know, Jerry's right. These games should be done by now. <laughs> this,
2: You're this coming time around. Of year just
0: isn't right. I'm yeah,
2: We're gonna do more on that at some point. I'll lay out a whole bigger case, but yeah, baseball, get it together. And then I posted something on Twitter. I was just looking at all the Southern California teams and like where they should like mm-hmm. where like where did, after the Lakers lost that game on Sunday. I'm like, where are the Lakers ranking in all the Southern California professional teams? Take UCLA and USC out, and it's gotta oh. be like Dodgers, Padres. Uh, yeah. Chargers. I mean, you go, char- you Rams. could go Chargers, Clippers, throwing- Rams. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, there's a lot that could go in front of them. Just there's a I lot. I mean, don't
0: all of them? pretty much I think the bottom? Angels are the bottom no okay, offense okay, Anaheim okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know you have two really good players that's really it yeah. I think the Angels maybe are like the bottom I think the Kings might even be ahead right now what's uh so. a-
0: What's the LA Galaxy doing right now? Let's to Well, really that's the other thing. Someone pointed out
2: someone tweeted at me about like the there was some crazy matchup. I know nothing about soccer. I'm sorry guys listening.
0: Oh, they're in the they're in the conference semifinals right yeah.
2: now. Yeah. So yeah, throw them in. Sure. I, I just don't know enough to <laughs> to put them there. But like, the Padres yeah, are oh. ahead, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. Lakers. Wow. Eey,
0: tough sledding. Yeah, we'll get to more NBA news. Take our uh, our takes from the first week. I think we've Learned a lot, at least enough for some podcast fodder, because some surprises in the opening week of the NBA season. But we have a really great guest coming up today, Pro Football Hall of Famer Andre Reed. He's joining us. We're going to talk to him about his legendary career, and if he thinks that this is the year his Buffalo Bills finally bring the Lombardi Trophy back to Buffalo. Quick, Jerry, what do you think? Do they?
2: I think this is definitely the best year to do it, and I'm curious to talk to Andre Reed too, about, you know, the Beckham thing, and is is he really going to maybe go to the Bills, or do they even need him? Like they're so loaded, it'd be great for depth. Yeah. So a lot to talk about. And Andre Reed's game is just one of those receivers you look at like right now. You plug him into any team with the way he played, and he's like the perfect receiver for 2022.
0: Absolutely, I think he's like second all time in Super Bowl receptions behind Jerry Rice or something. I mean, this is this is a big guest today, Jerry. I'm excited to talk to him.
2: Yeah, we're following up Kevin Garnett.
0: Yeah, you say OBJ, and I don't think the Bills need them. So many teams need a receiver more than the Bills. One of them being the Green Bay Packers. Holy cow! I mean, I, I'm kind of running out of words, and it's it's making me feel better that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are also laying an egg at the same time because <laughs> very different trajectories, very different stories. But both TB12 and A Rod were upset big with what you know. A lot of people are getting side eye from the rest of the league, right? I mentioned. Green Bay gets their third straight loss, and that's the first three-game skid under Matt LaFleur. Like, ever since he's come to Green Bay, things have been rosy. So I don't know what to make of it. I saw one headline that said it's willful negligence in reference to what the front office did at the receiver position, and I think that sums it up pretty well.
2: I I think it does, too. I mean, you know, they took a big bet with their rookie receiver, and look, you can't say he hasn't panned out because it's only been seven games, but... For seven games it certainly hasn't penned I mean you were running Randall Cobb out there and this is no disrespect to Randall Cobb I love Randall Cobb five years ago <laughs> you know it's uh <laughs> it's a lot to it's a lot to ask so I'm no longer surprised by it and it doesn't get any easier the cat the Packers have to walk into those very same Buffalo Bills we were just talking about next week so there's no end in the horizon this would be a huge upset to me if they could somehow... They're 11 and a half point underdogs right now. Aaron Rodgers... The Packers are. Oh, yes, is God, 11, 11 and a half, and a half point. Oh. On, now, granted, it's the Bills, and it's in Buffalo. Eleven. When's the last time Aaron Rodgers has been a double-digit underdog in a game?
0: We need John Ewing to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're we're going to get on that. And if we find out the answer by the end of the show, we'll put it at the end when we talk to Peter Andrew. But, I mean, it's crazy. I think what concerns me so much about Green Bay is that they didn't convert a third down for the first time since 1995. Let that sink in for a minute. I mean, like, it, it's so tough. And, of course, when their division is usually the Aaron Rodgers Invitational, now they have the same record as the Bears. And, oh, yeah, the Vikings are legit leading the way at 5-1, and one, coming off a bye. But, you know, I will say, in regards to the, the NFC North, the Vikings have a pretty tough month ahead. Arizona, Bills, Cowboys. But as you mentioned, Packers as well starting with a trip to Buffalo this weekend. And then they have Dallas, Tennessee, Philly. So NFC North, I I think, will be really interesting here in the next month. That's actually kind of how I feel about the whole NFL. I think November defines a lot of what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Because any early season kinks are out of the way. Injuries are piling up. Or you're getting healthy, like a team like, you know, the the 49ers, for example. I keep mentioning every week, they're about to get healthy. They're going to get so good. They added CMC, you know. I don't know. November is going to be pretty good in the NFL.
2: It's been yes, but before we close out October, could we just salute October and maybe now Oof. formally rename it Moneyline Parlay October? Because yeah. if you were riding <laughs> underdogs on Monday moneyline parlays for the last yep. two three weeks, you have made some money. Uh, my, it's just been one after the other. the The, the Buccaneers losing. Outright, after having two 10 point, you know, being favored by over ten points two weeks in a row, that's yeah. one of the worst losses I think I've ever seen a supposed Super Bowl contending team have. Mm-hmm. They just got abused for four quarters.
0: And I love, I mean, just three points against a team that has pretty much packed it up. Carolina just fired their coach, traded one of their best players. Um, they're playing their fourth string quarterback. I mean, and they put up twenty one points on him. I that's inexcusable.
2: Do you think this is going to be the most, like, you know, NBA, there's always these kind of moves where a team is like, wait, we're underachieving. We got to make a move. Do does Tampa and Green Bay, like, they they have to make a move for this to get better. I mean, Tampa, to me, does have more blue chippers on both sides of the ball. When Mike Evans dropped that touchdown pass on, like, the opening play, mm-hmm. that's where I knew Tampa was in trouble, because Mike Evans does not drop passes like that, but they have no middle-of-the-field presence. I know it's supposed to be Godwin. The, the Bucks have to be, so like, right. offer yeah. something for Gasicki or beg Gronk. They have to get one more piece. beg Gronk. Because I hate to what's say Gronk, it was Antonio what's Brown. Gronk doing right now? Antonio Brown yeah. would be, like, the perfect piece for this team. That's I never going to happen. But they, they need something offensively.
0: Yeah, and obviously Julio Jones out with a knee, and he got way too much preseason hype for an injury-prone older guy. Right? I mean... Everyone was all excited about Julio Jones. I wasn't buying it. Mike Evans is expected to miss tonight's game against the Ravens. Russell Gage is out. Yeah, Chris Godwin's kind of it as far as options that he trusts. And they're also one of the worst rushing teams in the league. They're dead last in some rushing stats. So they, they don't have a lot going for them offensively. And again, a short week after that Panthers loss. And yeah, tonight against the Ravens. I, I like the Ravens in this spot.
2: Yeah, you know, the Ravens have their own issues as well, as we've seen. But uh, I, two huge games. I can't stress how big these games are for the Packers and the Bucks because these are easily games that they could lose. And if they do, then they're really starting to get far behind. The Packers might almost be too far behind to catch up. The Bucks, fortunately, uh. are in the South. So they they could throw it away for a few more weeks. And maybe they're just trying to get healthy and back by like week 10. And they can yeah. start their run there. But this it's, it's just been hard to watch. It's been ugly.
0: Speaking of the NFC South, I have a hot take. I don't think the winner of this division will have double-digit wins. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so bad. And Tampa Bay is still leading. And they beat Atlanta in a head-to-head. So they're good there. But yikes, what a horrible division. And I, I just got to say one more thing with the Tom Brady stuff. Obviously, everything going on off the field is really sad like I, I actually hate watching this and I heard Bill Simmons on his podcast say his sources have told him that his divorce is all but finalized which is really horrible hate to see that and then that kind of loops in Antonio Brown just being a caustic asshole tweeting this stuff and putting up pictures of him and Giselle it, it's all such a mess I can't imagine Tom Brady walking into the facility every every day with all this going on And you know he's got kids and there's a lot going on. Um, but this is the first time in his in 20 years, in the last 20 years, that Tom Brady is under 500.
2: I mean, you you got like a 500 million dollar broadcasting contract waiting for you that you signed when we thought you retired. I I yeah. still love watching Brady play. I do want to see him try to make one more run. I think it'll be fun. But uh, look, yeah. Eli and Peyton, they they just had Obama on the Manning cast and they had Bill Burr. It looks like they're having fun. So
0: you know yeah. maybe that. That could be fun, Tom. It could be great. It could be great. I think he'd be so great. But, you know, not not that I'm his uh, therapist or anything, but I would take a couple years off, you know, just kind of get kind of figure some stuff out. I don't Anyways,
2: know what that even means <laughs> I don't even know what that means for him taking a few, a few years. off.
0: Yeah, he probably can't. He's probably one of those guys who truly can't probably not a very good hang on vacation, you know? <laughs> I'm serious. Like there, there's some guys who just cannot turn it off. This will be a good heat check if he's listening. My husband fits in this category sometimes. My husband, when we go on vacation, does not know how to sit still.
2: <laughs> see, I'm the opposite. I only want to sit still on vacation. Me like, too. I don't want to go snorkeling. I don't want to go, go <laughs> see the cool mountain. I, like oh. we're in a cool hotel. Let's just kick it. I don't want to do anything on vacation.
0: Oh, my God. The first we were dating and he was with the Houston Rockets and it was NBA All-Star break and we were going to go to Mexico. It was like our first trip together. And he said, so what are we going to do? And I was like, you yeah, know, just sit on the beach. Yeah. Pina coladas. I don't know. And we get there and he, we sit up on the beach and he goes, so, so what are we going to do? I'm like, oh, boy, I have to teach this guy how to vacation. Anyways, that's a tangent. Like I said, I'm not a relationship therapist, but start with a good vacation. Well, here's
2: my last hot take before we move on. <laughs> I go pool over beach all day.
0: Oh, you're one of those guys who doesn't like to get dirty. You don't like the sand. Yeah, I don't like the sand on my toe. I, I pool over beach all day long. Okay, I, I can get it. But that saltwater man, oh, that is that is medicine. A sea tox. <laughs> okay. It's time, Jerry, for a Halloween edition of Unleash.
1: It's time to unleash.
0: We're calling this game Trick or Treat, which is how original it is, right? One thing is for sure this NFL season, anybody can beat anybody. One day a team looks great, the next they are suffering a humiliating loss, so it's very spooky stuff. So a team will knock on the door... And then, Jerry, you and I will decide if they are playing tricks on us this season or if they're actually a treat. Are you ready?
2: I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, let's see who's at the door first. Oh, look who it is. It's the four and three Los Angeles Chargers. Olivia, this one's an easy one for me. This is a trick. Mm. They've been tricking us. And if it's not injuries like, you know, J.C. Jackson for the season, which is horrible, or Mike Williams for a couple of weeks, I also think that Herbert, who's great, like, but is he great? Like, yeah, he does things that look great, but like, let's win some games. The Chargers have been tricking us.
0: I'm with you. I think they're a trick. They just lost by two scores at home to your Seattle Seahawks after a three-game win streak. And like you mentioned, they lost a lot more than just the game. JC Jackson, Mike Williams, edge rusher Chris Chris Rump also injured in this game. They're already without Joey Bosa, who's recovering from a groin surgery. Uh, look, they just got Keenan Allen back, but he didn't even play in the second half because he wasn't feeling it. So I don't know. I think, I think they are as depleted as any team in the NFL. The O-line has struggled. The run game is a mess. They're a trick. Okay. Who's at the door next? It's the four and two Titans and Jerry. I think they are a treat top of the AFC South They're four and two. Like I said, they're exceeding expectations. No one saw this coming. They're playing old school football. It's non-flashy. And now we've got to see how Tannehill does after this ankle injury he just had last week against the Colts in that win. He did finish the game. we got to monitor it. But him coming back to finish that game shows how tough they are because the O-line, kind of similar story. Guys are fighting through these injuries. And Derrick Henry, three straight weeks of 100 yards. And more importantly, this defense is legit. Had a couple interceptions, a forced fumble last week. They got Matt Ryan benched. So I like them. They're a treat.
2: I completely agree. The history has shown under Vrabel, they are a treat. We kind of always look past the Titans. I don't know why, but they're always there. That division is such a mess. I think they got the Texans and the Broncos Mm -hmm. next two two out of three weeks. So there's a lot of wins there. Uh, Yeah, and even if Tannehill, who if he struggles with injuries, I I like Malik Willis coming in if he has to give them some some snaps. Uh, Matt Ryan, you mentioned, and I don't know if they're going to show up at the door. We're talking about saving private Ryan. Matt Ryan (laughs) might need to just, like, Yeah, he's done. That that looks
0: bad. Definitely a treat. Do him and Tom Brady need to go on vacation together maybe? Just like they can go stay somewhere really nice. They're super loaded.
2: (laughs) Just do something. I don't know. (gasps) Yeah, we
0: don't uh, know. We don't know if the Colts are going to knock. We don't know. Who's up next? Okay.
2: (laughs) This is an interesting one. Great costume. The four and three Miami Dolphins. I have to say treat. I mean, it's such a shame. I'm worried because of everything with Tua and what he's been through the last few weeks. And can he stay Mm -hmm. healthy? I mean, this is going to be a thing to look out for. But they did show how stout they could be against Pittsburgh. They had some big fourth quarter stops to win. The offense did just enough. And they're just not healthy yet. If they get healthy and stay healthy, they are a treat. All day
0: yeah and this Tyreek Hill experiment is paying off I love Tyreek and Tua together they've proven to be a great match they have Detroit this weekend mark that as a win Dolphins are a treat okay who's at the door it's the Ravens and they're also four and three and Jerry I hope I don't regret saying this I think they're a trick I think they're a trick now look the defense has improved a lot they're top five in the NFL in interceptions They pulled one off last week at a three point win over Cleveland. But look, I'm concerned about this offense. They're trending in the wrong direction. Lamar Jackson only had 16 pass attempts last week. He hasn't really gotten in a rhythm the last couple weeks. Actually, they're averaging just 20 and a half points, about 20 points, 320 yards in their last four games. Their first three, they averaged 33 and 380. And I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you, but it's bad. Okay, it's bad. And they play tonight against Tampa Bay. I think this could be a get back game for a team that is super vulnerable and they need it because Lamar Jackson needs to get in his rhythm in the passing game. They're struggling on offense. They're a trick.
2: I think they're an absolute treat. Mm. Now, I know it hasn't looked good. They are also one of the most injured teams in the league. It just year in, year out. I do think Lamar's looked good. Not great. Great in flashes. Could look better. And I think will once they get, you know, if they get their running backs healthy at some point and their receivers healthy at some point, four and three in that division, I think the Bengals are coming alive, but also think about the AFC for a minute. Okay. Who are the wild card teams? Really? Who are we talking about when we think wild card? Is it the Colts? Is it the Chargers? Is it the Dolphins? Is it the Jets? I think the Ravens are a shoe in for a wild card team. So I'm going, I'm going treat. Okay. All right, this is another Los Angeles team. Oh, L.A., so- SoCal Sports just killing it this year. The 3-3 three and three Rams. For me, Olivia, this is an absolute trick. Mm. Now, I know they won the Super Bowl. They're missing Von Miller and OBJ for sure. I think this isn't even a trick. I think this is like now the old dude who still wants to go to the costume party. It's like, yo, put the <laughs> costume away. Like, Halloween's like Wu-Tang. It's for the kids. Like, put it away. (laughs) Don't show up. Why are you still trick-or-treating? You're old. I'm worried. Now, could the Rams get healthy, put it together with that veteran team? For sure. And they still got Jalen Ramsey, and I love McVay. But I don't like what I'm seeing motivationally and also just age-wise with Stafford. That's a lot of hits he's taken. It's a lot of wear and tear. So it's Cooper Cup versus the world.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I think Rams are a treat. I think they're getting healthier just in time. They have San Francisco this weekend. I think they beat San Francisco. Um, But yeah, their division has proven more difficult than expected, mostly because of your Seahawks. Again, have come out of nowhere. And then I do think San Francisco, with the addition of Christian McCaffrey now, and again, they just need like two of these stars to come back. They're just, anyways, that's a tangent. But division's tough. Rams are going to get better. Um, I think they are a treat. Okay, we've talked a lot about them. Knock, knock, knock. Here are Jerry's Seahawks, sitting at four and three, seven weeks into the season. No one would have thought that the Seahawks would be leading the NFC West. What the hell, my co-host and Jerry, I'm I'm really glad that we got this on tape a couple of weeks ago. That might have even been our first show. But you are looking very smart here. Look, they have a young team. They have rookies up and down the starting lineup, and they all believe. It's like the Ted Lasso Believe sign must be in that locker room. They have this all-decade coach, and Geno Smith, at quarterback, he's putting together a Pro Bowl season. He's earning himself a lot of money next year. And Kenneth Walker III, my God, I can't say enough good things about him. He went crazy. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm worried with DK Metcalf. I think he's going to try to come back too early. I think he's out this week, um, probably a couple weeks, but he's going to try to come back. Um, luckily, he doesn't need surgery on that knee injury. But, look, they, they have some winnable games coming up. And I don't know. I don't know if I want did to. Did you say, say this. trick
2: or treat? I, did I don't it. think you declared. You have not declared yet. You have to declare. You just yeah. laid out a beautiful just, case. Yeah. For that so you gotta declare.
0: I just I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I just don't think like some magic with a young squad is sustainable. I just have a hard time saying that this is for But what real have yet. they
2: been this year to this point? Have they been a trick or have they been a treat?
0: Oh, they've been a treat.
2: And what do you see going forward? You, so you're saying Tripp going forward? And I said they have some winnable forward?
0: games coming up.
2: Oh, oh, oh. Listen, <laughs> I need all this doubt. I love it. Keep bringing it. I want everyone to keep bringing it because now, oh, turn on any podcast or any, any talking head show, the Seahawks are. Everyone's yeah. darling. Who's darling yeah. were you first, Seattle? Mm. Who's darling were you first? I believe. And I'm the only one who drafted Kenneth Walker and so many people in my fantasy leagues are like, who? Really? When you watch. I do wow. worry about the DK Metcalf thing. That's, that's a little troubling. And, uh, but
0: yeah.
2: I'm holding on to my ticket. I was hoping on he just my had to
0: pee again. When they took him off in that cart, I thought, oh, he probably just has to pee again. That was last week.
2: I have over wins, and I have division winner on the Seahawks, and I have oh that mixed in with gosh. some Giants over wins parlay. I, I, I have some stuff in the—my bur- like <sighs> futures profile is—you'd want to invest Oof. in my futures profile.
0: Yeah. God, your kid's tuition on the line right there with the Seahawks. I love
2: <laughs> Okay. A couple more. This one will be fun for you. I can't wait. Uh, trick or treat. Mm. Who's at the door? It's the, the Minnesota Vikings at five and one. I mean, it ain't pretty, but you have to say treat. Okay. They're coming off a buy. So you like the thing that they're healthy. Everything's just lining up. Green Bay continues to get worse. Cousins continues to get better and continues to not get hit. He's one of the least sacked quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league. Hard to believe that. And their only loss is to Philly. And that was a game. Now, they have only won four. They won four straight since by like one score. They're kind of a heart attack waiting to happen when you watch that. Is it sustainable? I don't know. But I, they have Justin Jefferson. And to me, that's also someone, while we talk about this trick-or-treat stuff, I love talking Justin Jefferson plus 600 for Offensive Player of the Year. I think that's a good number mm. to get right now. He's not the favorite by any stretch. I think it's Jalen Hurts. I think that's a great number to do a little sprinkling on Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year. Not, you know, it's not a lottery ticket, but I think it's a solid investment right now. I think that number goes okay. lower. I think that number, the odds get worse.
0: I'd be an idiot to say the Vikings are not a treat. I really think they are. As I mentioned earlier, they have a tough November schedule. Justin Jefferson top three receiver in the league he's so much fun to watch now if I can be a hater for a minute I would say they're four straight games that they've won by one score is that one of those situations where you can say does their record look better than they are Do you know what I mean I mean sure. if, if we're it's a game of inches are we inches away from them being like three and three I don't know I'm just trying to be a hater but they're a treat what am I saying <laughs> Okay. The New York Giants, your team. I got to see him up close and personal here in London, England. I got to see him beat my team. And that was not fun, but they are a treat. Tough ground game. Second most rush yards in the NFL. They have Dallas on their heels. And now they have Dak Prescott back to really find a groove. And those two teams meet on Thanksgiving. That is a huge game. But Jerry, I think the Giants went out until that game at Seattle. Then they host the Texans. Then they host the Lions. They're legit. They're not getting much respect around the league. And I think they are a treat. I think that is a hard-earned 6-1 record.
2: So, look, this is an emotional one for me, and I'm going to be careful here because I love underdog mentality. We were underdogs last week. Going to be underdogs again in Seattle. Historically, Seattle has been a really weird place for the Giants to play. I remember the Sean Alexander game when they had like 45 false start penalties because it was so loud in there. It bums me out because, like, obviously the Giants are my favorite team and the Seahawks are my crush of the year. So it's hard. I obviously want the Giants to win, but it's going to hurt my Seahawks bet. But, yeah, the Giants are a treat. And I will say Thanksgiving versus the Cowboys. I haven't cared about a Thanksgiving game. (laughs) And I don't know how many years. Now my birthday is November 25th. I'm either on or around yeah. Thanksgiving. This year it's the next day. And yeah. now we've segued into adulthood where Bree and I, we're like the we host Thanksgiving. So I have full control of TVs. It's not like you're going to someone else's <laughs> house and it's like they want the Thanksgiving parade on. That game will be on every single TV. I could yep. disappear into my own bedroom if I want if it gets too intense. You can. And I could yep. like sweat it out in there. And lastly, I'm sorry, lastly, talk about. Coach crush. I have a coach crush. I think we all do. Brian Dable coming out of Jacksonville, <laughs> walking up to the fans, signing autographs while smoking a cigar wearing black cement Jordan 3s. So cool. Are you kidding me? It's like <laughs> someone said, hey, let's make Jerry Ferrara's like favorite things and put it in a coach. Oh, my God. I, I put that video to the opening theme song for the Sopranos because uh, <laughs> it had strong Tony Soprano vibes coming out I with the cigar
0: it. well what a guy I just dable
2: i i have such a coach crush on dable it's insane
0: boy we have different definitions of coach crush because for me i'm just thinking matt lafleur is a good looking man okay let's move on that was a good unleash segment i'm exhausted from trick-or-treating <sighs> I, I realize why i'm too old for the shit Our guest today is one of the best to ever do it at wide receiver. He holds nearly every Buffalo Bills receiving record, played in seven straight Pro Bowls, and of course, helped the Bills win a record four straight AFC championships. My God, Pro Football Hall of Famer Andre Reed is here. Welcome to the show, Andre.
1: Oh, man. You know, we talked off, off camera here a little bit, so we're all over the place, but I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you guys. Finally, I'm finally getting it right here to get on with you. So uh, here we go. Uh, th- it. I yeah.
0: love it. Yeah. You're, you're in Ottawa right now and, and always doing some work off the field and your post career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look, I'm always curious about this as the NFL evolves, which are some of the offenses you'd love to play in today?
1: Well, you know what? That's a great question because a lot of the offenses have used our formula in mm-hmm. a way. If you guys, you guys don't maybe you do, you probably do. You remember the no huddle and uh fast pace. So that's always been a part of their of, of people's offenses, but um, the game's different. They want to spread you out even more than they did when we when I came in the league, especially when our no huddle started working real well. You know, you got to have a good quarterback that knows what he's doing, good receivers, a good running back that we had. But the offenses now are uh, you know all about the quarterback. It's always been about the quarterback and getting the guys around them to make them better and their their offense more efficient. You need a stout, deep offensive line that can protect that guy, and um, that's really the trend. It's been the trend the last twenty years in the league, is to have that stud quarterback. You got to have the receivers, and you got to have a running back that can catch the ball and run ball.
0: No, I'm not letting you off the hook that easy. You got to name a team. I think Um, you're saying the Bills. (laughs) The Bills or the Chiefs?
1: Saying the Bills, of course. The Bills and the Rams are kind of like you know that those teams. You know, you got Cooper Cup on with the Rams and Stafford, and you got Diggs and Gabriel Davis with Josh Allen. Uh, so, uh, of course, I'm biased. I'm going to go with the Bills. You're right, obviously.
2: <laughs> Although your phone might ring, and it might be Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers because they are in <laughs> desperate need of some receiving help. So your phone might ring and say, hey, Andre, could you come give us a quarter right now? I feel like you got sure. that in you right now. You're in great shape.
1: I can actually give them a quarter, actually a quarter, yeah. like a <laughs> like a physical quarter yeah a physical quarter i can give him anything else i don't know about that but again um obviously yeah yes the bills i'm gonna go with their offense they're very you don't see really fast-paced offenses anymore it's more about efficiency and the guys in the right positions doing the right things with an offensive line that can protect the quarterback
2: yeah you know you mentioned how a lot of teams right now play the style that you you know the bills are playing in the 90s and uh, i mm-hmm. absolutely was always afraid i'm a giants fan so even in the super bowl i was terrified to play your the bills like that offense was something we never saw
1: before they did a good job of keeping us off the field and to stop an offense that can score a lot of points you don't let them on the field and that's you know that's what the giants did back in the day but i don't know if that's the benchmark of how defenses go about defense and some of these really good offenses nowadays it probably still is you just got to keep them off the field and don't make the mistakes and and keep them within you know what they not only what they do best but trying to limit them at what they do best
0: you know it's fun thanks to youtube we can look up so many great highlights tap type in anyone and you can see any play any day it's really cool seeing some one-handed catches of yours Mm -hmm. now they go viral you know on social media yeah but you know, you were, you were doing it long before OBJ. So what was the comparison then of just people walking down the street and saying, Hey, nice catch.
1: Uh, Cause it's all over the internet. now. Yeah. <laughs> so social media has not only enhanced sports, but it's enhanced the world. And, you know, in the early eighties and early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, there was no such thing. And um, I tell all these guys, you can have one catch and that can go viral and that could be the catch that makes you who you are mm. and if you don't back in the 80s if you didn't see that catch you might not ever see it so that's the difference that's definitely the difference now guys guys are out there more they're doing a lot more and using their platform more to enhance what they do on the field and what they do off the field
0: for better or for worse
1: yes <laughs> for hopefully for
0: better yeah mostly for better yeah yep.
2: you know in recent years Look, we say see, we've seen it in the NBA, where the sort of the super team, right? We never really mm. saw it in football, but we're starting to see it a little bit more. Where it seems like guys are sort of pairing up, almost like there's player recruiting. Was there anyone that you could recall back during those Bills years that, not that you were recruiting necessarily, because it's such a different era, but just someone that yeah. you the Bills were maybe even close to getting. It's like, oh, if we just get this guy here it would put us over the level or were you guys just all not enemies, but just like you didn't even think that way to bring we not You player?
1: know, what, that's, that's a good question too. You guys are coming up with some good ones. We didn't <laughs> even think of it that way. Right. Cause we had everything. We felt we had a team that we wanted to keep the, keep together for 10 to 15 years if we could and develop that. Obviously free agency was big back then, but it's not as big as it is. You know, it wasn't big back then like, like it is now. Um, one player could put you over the top. And a lot of teams in this league are looking for that one player, offense, defense, or whatever, to get them over the top, i.e. A Von Miller last year with the Rams. You know, he put the Rams over the top. Mm-hmm. So glad we have Von Miller now anyway. But these guys now that are at the end of their careers, they want to go to a team where not only can they make a difference, but put their team on the right path to win a Super Bowl. Von did that last year. And we're hoping he does that with the Bills this year. So um, I think teams think that way, whether or not that happens, um, it, it's here or there. But they look for that one player that can put him over the top to get him over the hump to get him to the Super Bowl and win. It.
0: And Vaughn has already brought so much to this Bills defense this year. Yeah. But what about his yeah. former Rams teammate, Odell Beckham Jr.? Got to bring it back to him. Would you like to yeah. see him in a Bills uniform?
1: Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I said this a couple months back and I, I met with Odell and it went viral too. Uh, <laughs> I met with Odell in, in Atlantic City and he's working hard to get back on the field yeah. and I think he will be with the team. He talked with Vaughn and Vaughn has a good way of, and I said this, Vaughn has a great way of luring some of his guys to follow him. And uh, we'd love to see, you know, Odell in, in red, white and blue in Buffalo, but... That's yet to be seen. Who knows? And there's a lot of teams that are vying for Odell's services right now, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, if Vaughn has anything to do with it, you can bring him, bring him the Buffalo, just, you know, some chicken wings and <laughs> some blue cheese and uh, all that kind of fit. The fans of Buffalo are out of control. They're crazy. Bill's mafia. Maybe Odell will, uh, you know, lean towards Buffalo a little bit more than the other teams.
2: Andre, I saw that clip. You speak about Bills Mafia, right? I love Bills Mafia. I saw the clip of you going through the table.
1: All righty, here I am. Let's go, Bills, and bring a championship back to the the city of Buffalo. Go, Bills, baby. Let's do this.
2: That's got to hurt, man. (laughs) Tell me that
1: doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt? No. No, when you, when you had Steve Atwater and, and, Ronnie, and Ronnie Locke coming at you full steam with no flags, going through a table is nothing.
2: Well, you brought up, too, Steve Atwater is one of my favorite players to watch. I would love yeah. to talk for a second. I'm sure you've been asked this in your career and even post-career so much, so forgive me, but I, I get the chance to talk to you. You uh-huh. know, the comeback, as the game is referenced too, right? 35 yeah. to, right? 35-3. to Deficit. Now, also, I will say Frank Wright gets a lot of the love as he should, but you had eight catches for a buck thirty six and three touchdowns in that game, so we yeah. should never overlook that fact of the comeback. I'm just always, you know, because I, I respect pro athletes so much in the heat of battle. Like when you're at the half of that game, is there mm-hmm. really that feeling of still believing? Even we saw it with Brady yeah. in the comeback with Atlanta down twenty eight three. You guys are down thirty five to three to another high powered offense. That offense mm-hmm. was. The only thing close to yours, you guys are still believing yeah. at that point,
1: right? Of course. You, you, First of all, you guys weren't born, right? I you, was.
0: You, I was.
2: You were born. Yeah. I
1: know you weren't. Were you born when you were like too. two?
0: Was it 95?
1: No, that was, yeah, it was 1993. So how oh, old right. were you? Like I was three? born.
0: I was born in 93.
1: <laughs> I was 12. <laughs> they my point there. Um, that's a great question, man. I think that game that not only goes down to history is one of the greatest games that ever played, it's the way that game uh, went you know we didn't we had played Houston the week before to even get to that game so mm-hmm. we had to win that game just to get to the to the wild card game and we happened to be down in Houston the old the old astrodome we played in <laughs> man yeah <laughs> what a building <laughs> i'm age i'm really aging myself you guys i just want you to know no this is great um and we got we got beat pretty well down there more and moon they put it on us so we ended up having to play them the next week in Buffalo. And we came out and laid an egg the first half of this, half of that game. And we were like, uh-oh, are we going to do this in front of our fans? And we had to make a conscious effort and a decision. We got this far. We didn't want to go out. You know, we didn't want to go out like we did. or uh, We didn't want to go out losing like we did the week before. So we got the fans on our side and a couple plays. And before you know it, you know, we're kicking a field goal to win the game 41-38. So it's, it's just a game of things changing, and you'll be able to capitalize on the things that are changing. They yeah, can give you a bowl of whatever you like to eat. If there's not one or two ingredients in that bowl of whatever you like to eat, you, you might not eat it. So we ended up having the, everything going our way with the fans and everything, and uh, just so happens that we, uh, we capitalized on everything they gave us.
0: Oh, that's a good story.
2: Yeah, that one always stuck out. I think it was a lot harder. Yeah. I feel like it was a lot harder to come back. like Now you see comebacks a lot, the fourth quarter, is like the witching hour, as Scott Hansen calls it. And I think it's almost like a lack of a run game that we see now. Like I feel like coming back in 93 was just so much harder yeah. than mounting a comeback now because yeah. a lot of teams don't have the running game to kill the clock yeah. the way yeah. other teams did back then. That's the, To me, that's the best football comeback, in my opinion.
1: Well, to me, that is too. And there's been a lot of comebacks. You know, the the Brady and the Patriots winning and getting into the Super Bowl obviously was a bigger game. But you got two or three games like that a year. It may not may not be the 30-41-38 game, but there's a point in the game where that always happens. And there's always teams going, uh-oh, all you need is one play to get the ball rolling, and you're, you lost the game because of whatever reason. So, yeah. Um, and offenses are geared to do that, to have comebacks like that because of spreading guys out, making mismatches, all that kind of stuff. Um, back in 1993, th- it was hard to get mismatches. Now you you know, film and everything like this, you can, you can pinpoint it, and you can say, all right, we have to attack that. And if we can't attack that in a way we need to, then we have to go somewhere else to attack this to soften that up. So, yeah.
0: Andre, as we're looking at this current NFL season and how the AFC specifically is shaping up, mm-hmm. two of the better games on the Bills' schedule has been the four-point win over Kansas City and the three-point win over Baltimore. Yeah. Who do you feel like, not just those two teams, but who mm-hmm. do you feel like is the biggest threat to the Bills this season in the AFC?
1: Obviously, the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs yeah. aren't going on. As long as they got Pat Mahomes back there and Travis and a great coach in Andy Reid, who's coached in Super Bowls and Juan, Juan Um, the Chiefs are always going to be there. Yeah. um, the Ravens are always going to be that team because of Lamar you just don't know they have a pretty good defense, but Lamar kind of puts them over the top. The Bengals, who knows about the Bengals the Bengals you know played well this past weekend they did um scored a lot of points they're they're kind of finding their stride a little bit um everybody thinks the Bengals were a fluke from last year you know where the Bengals should the Bengals even been in the Super Bowl last year they beat the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl <laughs> so yes, they should have been there. But the AFC this year is is the Bills in the beginning where the team, okay, the Bills are going to win it. They're going to the Super Bowl. They're going to win it. Ah, ah, back that up. Mm, we, don't, we don't know yet. There's a lot of season left. Um, yeah. They got some tough teams coming up. Um, they got the Packers this Sunday, uh, Sunday night. The Packers need a win really bad. If you heard what Aaron Rodgers said, oh, yeah, we just got the Bills where we need them right now. <laughs> well, you got him in Orchard Park and you got them. You got a hot team right now. But this can make the season for the Packers at three and three. The Packers are looking right now of a spark uh, to get their, you know, get the ball rolling for them. And um, it could be a trap game for Buffalo coming off a bye week. It's a trap game. So the Bills yeah. got to, you know, they, they have to just take care of business no matter what.
0: I was going to say I was on the sideline for Bill's Kansas City AFC champion or the playoff game last year that was said yeah. to be one of the best NFL games of all time. I think a lot of NFL alums would have other words to say about that. I got but, one
1: to say about that, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> I was going to say that's a pretty good playoff game that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um. It, it seems like this is such a clear-cut path that this is, uh, is going to be the game in the playoff again that we're all talking about. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just curious if you think as we're approaching trade deadline if there's any weakness, any vulnerability that the Bills have that you think they should try to fill out the trade deadline to get ready, for well maybe another meeting with the uh, Chiefs.
1: That's a good question, too. You know, Christian McCaffrey's gone. So uh he's in San Francisco now. So they were the Bills were always talking about getting a running back, whether it was before the trade deadline deadline, after in a mm-hmm. draft or whatever. Um, uh, whether or not that's the way the team is thinking now. You know, who knows what they're thinking? Um, I think Devin Singletary has done a great job. Um, he's he's played, play, he played, played pretty well last year in the playoff uh, game, and he kind of stepped it up a little bit in the playoffs. He's still that guy. I mean, he's, he's had a pretty good year. He's a very solid year. If anything, it would be Zach Moss, them, you know, trying to get rid of him. I mean, Dalvin Cook's brother, James Cook, has played well. So if anything that the Bills would go for would be a running back, maybe not now, but towards the end of the season. But they have to do it now if they're going to do it because of the trade deadline. They'd have to do it now. So, um, and otherwise, they they're they're pretty solid um on at every position. Um, mm-hmm. they've been injured in the defensive backfield with with Micah uh Micah Hyde being out. But let's figure they weren't supposed to beat Baltimore. They probably weren't supposed to beat Kansas City with backups back there, but right. um, that's, that's just a lot of credit to uh, Tom McDermott and their and their staff, of get, uh, keep, keeping those guys, right.
2: I'm with you on the trap game. I'm worried because we found this out yeah. earlier in the show when we were looking at the lies, the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, he's a 10 point or more underdog in any game that he's yeah. ever played in. So right in itself, I just implore the bills. If you're listening and anyone. he's Aaron Rogers
1: too guys, right? Yeah, he's Aaron prime Rodgers.
2: time. So, yeah. yeah. Packers in the NFC usually are one of those teams you could count on to be there. Obviously, they're struggling. The Eagles mm-hmm. have sort of taken that place on the mantle. But when you look at the NFC, and I, like I said, I'm a Giants fan. I'm hyped with the six and one, but I'm still very cautious because oh, yeah. they're playing over their heads a little bit. I don't, you what know do you what? That's, I don't
1: think they're playing over their heads. I really think they needed Sa- Saquon back to jumpstart that team. And you can have a great running game and a kind of bend but don't break quarterback. You know, I mean, they've been talking about the quarterback in New York for
2: how long? Since he's been drafted. Yeah. It's been like we have to see yeah. something. I mean,
1: who was the quarterback before Daniel Jones?
2: Well, it was Eli, and then they, okay. they benched Eli for the one Geno okay, Smith game and never gave Geno Smith a shot, and now yeah. we see what Geno Smith Geno, is doing Geno in Seattle. Geno is playing
1: some great football in, in Seattle right now. And yeah. they, they got a running game. A kid, a kid that kid had had a, a great game against the Chargers on Sunday don't sleep on the Seahawks they got a good coach the defense is pretty good I mean you can't Gino's playing is he playing over his head I don't know I just think he's been a veteran that's seen a lot and he's he knows what he brings to a football team so uh you know big 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 shout out to Gino man I'm glad he's playing
2: well well you mentioned coaching and I have to thank all the bills for allowing our Giants to talk to Brian Dable and now be our <laughs> yeah, head coach. Yeah, exactly. Did you have any interactions with Brian Dable? Is like my coach crush. I'm obsessed with that guy. He wears Jordan threes. He yeah, smokes a cigar after and the fiery. game. He's
1: fiery. He's a fiery guy. I had a chance to talk to him over the years in Buffalo, and he'd always just say, "Yeah." I'd be like, "Hey, you guys are." He had kind of like one word answers all the time, and I'm sure he. Yeah. I'm sure he does that with his team and. As a head coach, he probably doesn't have any answer. He just goes, "Okay, that's it." <laughs> um, but you know what? A great offensive mind, and he really did a lot for Josh Allen uh, for three years there in in Buffalo. And I'm sure that's why the Giants hired him as a head coach to help this quarterback and Daniel Jones and who else, whoever else they got there. So, but Saquon there is kind of the he's kind of the X factor. Him being back. Um, is a big, big plus for that offense there in New York.
0: Hey, speaking of decision-makers in the NFL, the GM, Brandon Bean, in his first year with Buffalo and McDermott, they make the playoffs after 17 years, which is the last time you were there. They had a 17-year playoff drought. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I don't have to tell you that. I'm reminding our listeners. But how do you explain how hard that is to climb out of that? Like, who really deserves the credit? Is it just Brandon Bean? Are there people behind the scenes maybe we don't know about?
1: I, I think it's everybody. I think it's all the way from the top, uh, you know, top to the bottom. You know, building a football team isn't just, you can't just, you know, go to your notebook pad and just start writing names down. You, yeah. you got you to gotta do your research. And it seems like a lot of head coaches used to be offensive coordinators. They used to be defensive coordinators. So they have the mindset. And then some coaches were coordinators that aren't really, don't turn out to be good head coaches. And why is that? You don't know. You do know, but you (laughs) don't. A lot of these guys become head coaches and they just kind of, there's a lot going on. You know, as a head coach, you have to be even more in tune to what uh, the organization is about. But that's really what the thing is about them hiring a head coach. Mm -hmm. You got to hire the right guy. That that really is good with the players, knows what he's doing, knows how to interact with his offensive coordinator, his defensive coordinator, special teams guy. That's a complete football team when a guy can do that. A head coach can do that.
2: So you're in Canton, as we've seen lately too. It's not easy for wide receivers to get in. But I've always wanted to ask someone who has the Hall of Fame jacket, you mm-hmm. don't ever bust that thing out, right? Like, do you ever like say, ah, you going to throw this on? What, do you ever wear that?
1: I, I'm, I'm, I'd am i be lying to you if I told you I did. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I don't, I, I'm in Ottawa right now. I'm actually with Thurman. And Bruce oh my right gosh. Now. So we do things together sometimes. And sometimes the people that we do things for and do speeches and all that, and a lot of things, you know, my, my foundation, we do a lot of stuff with boys and girls club. That's my, that's my foundation. Really. That's what we do with boys and girls club kids. And, I talk to different people, and if they want me to wear the jacket, I wear it. <laughs> I haven't pulled up to a tee box yet and got ready to tee off and had my jacket on and asked whoever I was playing with to hold my jacket for me before I tee off. <laughs> haven't done that yet, but I might do it. You
2: should. I, honestly, <laughs> I play a lot of golf. I play in a lot of those charity events. I feel like I've seen you either at like the Wahlberg or the Jalen Rose. That, that was, was you? There. I I would have totally held your Hall of Fame jacket, like, (laughs) very, very. Yeah,
1: I said I was going to do that. I haven't done it yet, but I have done it and been to different speeches that I've given, and they have asked me to wear my jacket, and uh, I have done that. So it's a pretty good centerpiece, a pretty good conversational piece.
2: When you're with Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas, you know, is it, Mm -hmm. do you ever talk about, when you guys are playing or is it all just like, how's your oh, family yeah. or do you tell like just three friends we, we getting talk, together yeah. and, you know, seeing each other and just good
1: question. It's great to see those guys. Cause you know, I live on the West coast. Thurman lives in Buffalo, Bruce lives in, Bruce lives in Virginia. So I don't get to see those guys as much as I used to. So we laugh and we, we joke. And it's like, we're in the locker room again. Cause that's a big, you know, that's the best time. The camaraderie there was something I miss. I always will miss but it's good that we talk about our family, how your kid's doing. I mean, I saw their kids grow up. Mm-hmm. They saw my kids grow up. So that's really what we're all about, you know, family and knowing how each other's doing and how's our health and all that. So it's uh, it's great to see them. And we talk about the team now. You know, I was at two games. I was at the Tennessee game. I was at the Pittsburgh game. I was in L.A. for the opener. So obviously, we are very, very in tune to what's going on with this team and Bruce has been up in Buffalo and has talked to Brandon has talked to uh, Sean McDermott. So anytime I try to get to, when I'm in Buffalo, I try to see the head coach and, you know, see some of the players. So it's it's a fun time.
0: That's awesome. I imagine guys who played in your time watched the wide receiver market this summer with wide eyes. Devontae Adams setting that all on fire, record deals, Tyree Kill followed soon after. <laughs> What do you guys think when you yeah. see what these guys are getting now?
1: You know what, man, it, it, you know what? It it is what it
0: yeah.
1: is. <laughs> I guess so. Money comes and goes, but I think what we had championships. Mm. We have a I have a Hall of Fame jacket. I wouldn't trade that. Money, money for money. I mean, yeah, that's all good and well, but I just think that that comes and goes and I, and I would just Cause there's a lot of guys that play in this league 10 years and don't get to a playoff game. Mm-hmm. That's just the fact. And then there's a lot. I played in 22 playoff oh, games. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> so I played a season and a half of playoff games almost. And some of these guys just want to get to a super bowl and want to see what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Want to see what they want to feel like. What, what is a playoff game? Like there's some guys that played 10 years, played in one playoff game. Mm-hmm. So that's what you played a game for. You know, if you're playing a game for money and that's your main focus, uh, that that's really that's part of it. But when you get with the guys, you don't talk you know you don't talk with some of the guys about hey man, let me see your check or let me see your yeah. check. You talk about hey, who are we playing this week and how are we gonna win this game.
2: That's it. Yep. Well, I gotta tell you, nothing but respect as a Giants fan. When I was a kid, the, I always look at it like I feel like this is the best compliment I could give you. The guys I was most afraid of when they were coming to town to play were you, Randy Moss, and Chris Carter. Those are the three names, if you would have asked me at, like, 15 years old. You're my favorite 15 friend, years man. old. Man, you what right. receivers, you what right receivers scare you the most as a fan? I'm like, I don't want Andre Reid in the game. I don't want Chris Carter. And I don't want Randy. Those are the three. I don't want them in the game. They're terrified. Dude,
1: I knew I saw you. I knew I saw you in the stands. And you were, you were, yeah, yeah you were that was terrifying, you. Okay.
2: but we, we can't thank you enough. Appreciate we can't it, thank man. you enough for coming on. Have a great time.
1: Well, I finally got it right. <laughs> yeah. I got it yeah. right. And sometimes it's better late than never. Yep. You never know, but it's always good. Good. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's always good to talk with you guys. And hopefully next time, you know, I have all this uh, internet stuff. All, well, we're hoping all since, you
2: know, out. we're expecting a deep run by the bills. Maybe you can come back on around playoff time. Yeah. I'm in. I'm already great. in. Thank you. I'll wear my jacket. Uh, yeah, if you <laughs> ever see me on the <laughs> driving range, hand me whatever you want. I'll walk around with it on a hanger. I'll make sure it's, I'll, I'll dry clean it, whatever you need. That'd be a thrill.
1: I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, you know what? Our, our little thing we're doing tonight, I, I could have swore these were up here in Ottawa that they would ask us to bring our jackets, hmm. but they didn't. Yeah. So, uh, Yeah. But I got my ring. I got my Hall of Fame ring. Uh, Well,
2: we can't thank you enough. Thank you. And uh, yeah, go Bills for the rest of the year. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Thank you, man. Appreciate it.
0: So Jerry, where I'm at right now in Entourage is... It's getting really good. Median is about to come out. And I think you guys are going to Cannes and all that. And so I don't know if you actually make it to the Cannes Film Festival. I really hope you do so that I can ask you about that trip. (laughs) But I put this on my Instagram story. I, I have texted you about it. This was as excited of a celebrity guest as I've seen on the show, Lisa Rinna. You know I'm a big Housewives fan. I love Real Housewives. And Lisa Rinna, obviously, on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's currently in a lot of hot water. I will tell you that as well. But you've got to tell me what she was like on set and her character, which is so funny. And then the plot twist that you end up hooking up with Lisa Rinna.
2: So a couple things with that. You know, you know, you, you get that script before those parts are cast. Right. So you're reading this stuff. You have no idea who these two women are going to be oh. in the episode. And then you hear it's like, oh, it's Lisa Rinna and it's Colleen Camp, who was one of my favorite actors She's one of my favorite all-time movies. She was in the movie Clue back in the day. She goes back to, like, Apocalypse oh, Now. Yep. Like, unbelievable. Yep. So then you you hear it's them, and it's like, oh, well, I don't want to be... You know, in the episode, my character is, like, being a little bit of a ball-breaker. I'm like, hmm. I don't want to be, like, mean to them. And then they come out, that first scene, I think Lisa Rinna yells out, like, get out here, you... what? Like, curses out Colleen Cam's character. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. They came <laughs> to play. I don't even think that was in the script. Oh. So... uh, it was it was just hilarious. It was one of those episodes where you read it and you're like, God, "Is anyone gonna find this funny?" Because we think it's funny. Yeah. And yeah, that's one that that's an episode that goes along. Lisa Rinna, Colin Camp, they were great. They were hilarious. Happy to be there. Totally in on the joke. Yep. And yeah, big plot twist uh, in a very small jacuzzi at the end. If you really looked at jacuzzi, it's like <laughs> uh, really really tiny for no reason at all. Uh yes. Yeah, so I guess that's if you think about. If you keep track of the women that Turtle slept with, I think Lisa Rin is like the first one you actually confirmed that you might have slept with.
0: Well, what about the um, prostitute whorehouse episode? Oh well, uh, you
2: got me there. You got me there. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you got me yeah. there. It's fresh in your the, mind. The
0: thing, the things that come out of my mouth on this podcast <laughs> now that the entourage section is a part of the show. Oy. What do I have to look forward to coming up? Like what? What other like big guests come on the show? Oh,
2: you know, okay, you mentioned can. Uh, And do we Mm -hmm. get there or not? All I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a cameo. I'm not going to tell you what happens and talk about someone in hot water. You are approaching the Kanye West episode.
0: Oh, wow. Kanye
2: makes a guest appearance. This is a long time ago. This is back in 2007. Yep. Fresh off his song, The Good Life was about to come out. So that song is heavily, it kind of got released on Entourage. You're coming up on that episode, the Kanye episode.
0: Oh, geez. So this was like He's not talked about very much. Like Currently. pink polo kanye. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Uh, oh this will be. Yeah, good. so you're coming up on that, and y- the I have some fun stuff about the can Kay. stuff when you get there.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that you guys make it. <laughs> um no, I, I'm pretty gripped right now. You keep telling me that there may be a drop-off, and I'm not sensing any of that yet.
2: I'm not saying like drop-off, like, oh my god, the show is so bad. It just like, I just think that when you get to a certain point, you know, with these characters, you know, we did a hundred episodes almost. You do, I don't want to say you run out of stuff to do, but you see the Vince path, right? It's like mm-hmm. kind of knock them down. You build them up. you knock. Mm-hmm. like how many times can you do that? So when you get there, I'll, I'm here for it, but I, I do think it takes a turn. I don't want to say for the worst, but just like, you know, you feel it like, man, we've done a lot with these guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Lisa Rinna, gotta give that lady props i mean what that was 07 and she was supposed to be kind of an old cougar and right now she's still like top of her game and man that body is no joke she whatever she's doing is looking good
2: it looks like she's like running <laughs> the sand dunes with like russell westbrook yeah. in the offseason.
0: <laughs> oh my god well we'll get to more next week
2: the lions. All right, it's time for one of my favorite parts of the show. We gotta get some Week Eight wagering in, and of course, we're not doing that alone. We're joined by Bet MGM betting analyst, our odds-on favorite, Peter Andrew. How you doing, Peter?
3: I'm doing good. I completely understand you're gonna be torn a little this week, so we're gonna work around that giant Seahawks game because I know that's gonna be a struggle for you on Sunday.
2: Yeah, it's like it's it's like it's it's when Zach and and Slater were fighting over Kelly. It's like no, <laughs> someone's gotta lose this. I can't handle it. Pete, not a bad week last week. You're barely missing on these these single-game parlays, man. It's crazy. You had the Cards money line. You had Kamara Anytime TD. Kamara, 20 receiving yards. Hopkins, Anytime TD. But anyway, I think you only lost four units or two units, something like that. You had the Titans on the win. That was great. Yeah, I lost two
3: units because of someone's Green Bay Packers not able to squeak it out against the you Commanders.
0: Know, it's not my fault at this point. It's not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Olivia, it's definitely not your fault. We can attest to that. I'm curious to see what you have this week. This is a tough board this week. It's an interesting board. There's a lot out there. So where is Peter Andrews' mind at going into week eight?
3: Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll start on Sunday here just for a second because I've done enough betting on the Packers. I think it's time to, time to start baiting <laughs> the Packers. So we'll start there. You know, we did pretty well with the teaser up until that point with the Pack losing. I had him plus one, ended up losing by two, which was unfortunate because at least if we would have had the one point, it would have avoided the leg out, but we're gonna do another teaser this week. We're gonna go against Packers, so I've teased down Buffalo to uh minus four and a half to start yeah. it off. Eagles playing against the Steelers The Steelers are another one of those teams that's just all over the place. quarterback obviously situation between Mitch and Pickett, so teasing the Eagles down to four and a half as well, so those are two very well rested teams coming off buys so um like both of them to win, probably win by that 10 point mount, but we'll, we'll be careful there. And then Jets plus seven and a half against New England. Jets obviously have a very unfortunate injury with uh, Brees Hall out for the year, which is so terrible. But I think they can fill the void. I think uh you have Michael Carter, who's kind of going to be that check down running back for them out of the backfield. He showed it last week, had two catches, I think, for 45 yards. So he can kind of do what Brees has been doing. And then you bring in James Robinson for essentially right. nothing. I think it's Help pick, on the way. A sixth that could become a fifth. So you just got to get him in that, um, in that playbook. He's got a couple more days than maybe McCaffrey did last week. But I think they'll be okay. And speaking of quarterback controversies, quarterbacks <laughs> that just aren't living up to the bill, <laughs> Matt Jones, I know still a little bit hurt, but him and Zappy both looked horrendous. Uh,
2: that was weird. That so was bizarre. weird. That whole situation was weird and bizarre. It looked like Bill Belichick was trying to summon the ghosts of picking Tom Brady over <laughs> Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. It's like, man, yeah. I don't know. That that was a whole. That was a weird game.
3: Yeah, and don't want to take too much credit away from the Bears, but the Pats just look, you know, really all over the place. So those three. So again, it's Jets plus seven and a half, Eagles minus four and a half, Bills minus four and a half. That's plus one forty. So I have five units there. So fifty to win. 72 and change, plus your 50 stake. Um, So that can put us in a really nice position for next week. Uh, On top of that, home game for the Jags in London. So Jags minus three (laughs) against another peculiar team in the Denver Broncos. who couldn't even score a touchdown last week.
2: That's a very nice word you just used.
3: Peculiar. There's a few other words (laughs) I would use. This is a PG-13-ish podcast, right? So we'll keep it at that. Sure. Um, Yeah. But I don't know who the better option is at quarterback right now for the Broncos. Could be Rippian, could be Russ. They both look terrible, uh, but you know, Jags had a bit of a tough fourth quarter against the Giants, but they still are somewhat of a formidable team and they they are competing. And I think actually in a weird way, the James Robinson trade really helps Travis Etienne who's averaging something like six, seven yards a carry. So given him yes. RB one, no questions asked, He's great at the backfield. I think he's got something like almost 700 all-purpose yards so far in the season. Get him as many touches as you can. It'll help, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. So minus three, uh, have them for four units uh, at minus 110. Um, so I really like them going into uh, into London. Again, it's all, it's become a home game for them. This is, I think, their ninth time playing in London, which is crazy. crazy. And a Denver team who's coming across the entire West Coast into the East Coast, then into another time zone. I think they could be all over the place. So it's dangerous. It's uh, dangerous. Gosh, nothing's more dangerous than keeping air in those uh, those subway sandwich commercials.
2: It's just crazy. They talk about like blowing it up in Denver. <laughs> like you hear like Judy's on the market, Hamler's on the market. It's like, yo, you guys just traded and paid someone like four billion dollars. Are you gonna blow it up? I-, I do like the like I do like that, but man, the and Olivia, you're there in London. I'm sorry that they're sending you this I know. game. You're not going to that game, are you? Yeah, and I
0: have a friend who works for the Broncos and we talked about it. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. Mm, uh,
2: yeah, I think you should be good. That's like uh, go get brunch right. or something. I would do anything a Sunday else roast. But go. That's what they do. That's a watch. Yeah, Sunday roast, uh, you go, you know, put the game on in the background, you go to Winston Churchill's war room or something if do you want to go see. I'm not time. watching that yeah. game live. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, but the the great thing just about a London game is just the time. I just love having a football game on in the middle of the day instead of staying up so late to watch them. But yeah, it, is, uh, it's it's uh, not one to write home about.
3: It's one of those days where you watch English Premier League
2: football instead of NFL football for that particular <laughs> now
0: that's slot. fun. That is fun over here.
2: By the way, you speak of that. If the NFL had relegation, this would definitely mm. be a oh, relegation yeah. game. <laughs> this would have heavy relegation implications, I feel <laughs> like. I think this is the
3: one situation where you say, okay, England got this right. There should be some relegation. Get down yeah. into the NFL. Get the Broncos down into NCAA football.
2: Okay. I, I'm, I, I would be awesome. totally here for that. Uh, do you have... One, uh, do you have a one-game parlay for us? Because you know how you, know, God, you are knocking on the door. I'm so we're gonna. Do you. you have? We're one.
3: taking a step. We're taking a step back this week because we're so damn close to this. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try to put an easy one here, and let's get us back to winning a couple of units, and then we'll get a little crazy next week. So very easy. You have an interesting game this week: Ravens at Bucks. Bucks are favored at I believe right now. We're somewhere around a one point, one and a half point spread. That line is very, very shady to me because of a similar to the Packers, a Bucks team that just frankly does not look good. We're going to keep spread and points kind of out of the equation here. I'm just going to go player props. So four things. We got this for one unit plus 360. So a $10 bet wins you 36 bucks, $100 bet, 360 bucks, so on and so forth. Uh, Mark Andrews, 50 plus receiving yards. He is the target for Lamar Jackson. I think that's an easy one to hit um lamar jackson two passing tds uh they are somewhere around top six or seven in uh receiving efficiency so i think they should fare well against a weird bucks team that gave up three touchdowns to a panthers team that has no business being in that game uh lamar over 49 and a half rushing yards he's just scrambling left and right i think you're just banking on a a decent 20-25 yard run to get him over that chunk And then Mike Evans over 54 and a half receiving yards. He is obviously the target. He should have had that plus some with that drop catch in the uh, the first quarter against the Panthers last week. Um, So they're going to keep going to him. He's just got to make sure it comes down with those balls. Um, But plus 360, like I said, we're trying to take a step back here, win an easy one, and then hopefully next week we can get some some craziness. Hey,
0: earlier you said that my Packers were giving you a hard time. Obviously that was true. And earlier in the show, Jerry – We said if we found out the answer, if Aaron Rodgers had ever been a double digit underdog in his career, we would bring it up in the Peter Andrews segment. Well, I found out the answer. He has never been a double digit underdog in his career. The closest he's ever gotten, which is, I think, 10 and a half. You said 11 and a half earlier. It might have gone down a bit. At bet MGM, uh, he was an eight and a half point underdog at Seattle in 2014. That's as close as it's ever gotten. He started 213 regular season games. And this is the first time in all of that time, double digit underdog. So I just had to finish with that because I said at the end of the show, if we had an answer, we would bring it to the people. Do you know what that makes what? me think, Peter and, and Olivia? I
2: think if, if we know any, see, I, look, John Ewing has great stuff on Twitter. Peter, you bet a little bit like me, but you're much smarter with the numbers of it. But I, I'm a writer. I'm, a, I'm an actor. I like storylines. What better storyline would it be? Aaron Rodgers, 10.5 point underdog. And he goes into <laughs> Buffalo and wins the game outright. That's how crazy the NFL's been. That's like a real thing that no one's going to bet on. And if anything, is, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have taught us anything... It's that that could absolutely happen, and that storyline-wise is probably what will happen because it'll only confuse mm-hmm. everybody that much more, and then the Chiefs will become the favorites again in the AFC.
3: Do you think that players look at this in any sport and take it personally, that they see 10-point dog and say, what the hell, and, and get more sure. pissed off? Not that Rogers needs more ammunition to be angry right now, but I, I feel like he's going to look at that and say, this is bullshit.
2: I think it's definitely motivation. I mean, I, I look. What am I? What do I know about playing on a professional level? Uh, I just know when you look at when it's like confirmed publicly, <laughs> you guys are supposed to lose this game. Confirmed. Everyone believes that. Yeah, I think that's a little like. Well, who gives a shit? We're supposed to lose anyway. Let's just let it mm. fly. Let's go have fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, plus 375. I don't know. They're, the Packers are going in a money line parlay for me. I can just tell you that right now. It might only be for a yeah, dollar, yeah. but they're going in a money line yeah, parlay. Yeah, I wouldn't do much
0: more than a That's dollar. It's happening. All right. Well, thanks for everything, Peter Andrew. That was a lot of fun. Good luck on your bets this weekend. Just want to remind everyone to subscribe to the Unleashed Podcast YouTube page. You can see the full Kevin Garnett interview from last week. That was awesome, as well as all the other episodes from this season. Like and subscribe to BetMGM on all social media platforms. And thanks for listening.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.